Welcome to Talking Shop from Vixen Labs, the podcast making voice work for marketers. In this series, we dive into the data, scour the case studies, and bring you the business insights you need to build voice into your digital and marketing strategies. I'm your host, James Poulter, CEO at Vixen Labs, and each week I'll be joined by industry leaders to help us get really practical when it comes to building voice into your marketing strategy. Whether you're wondering how voice search can help customers find you, or how voice applications can enable you to connect and convert customers, well, this is the show for you. Okay, let's get talking. Well, welcome back to Talking Shop, the podcast from Vixen Labs, focused at the moment in our current series around the findings from the Voice Consumer Index 2021, which we've just conducted last month in partnership with the Open Voice Network. And in today's episode, we are going to be focusing on the implications for voice in retail. Obviously, retail has undergone some pretty significant shifts in the past 18 months under the light of the coronavirus pandemic. But it wasn't just started there. What I think we've seen is an acceleration in the past 18 months of trends that have been coming at us for Uh, certainly the past five years, probably much more so in the past decade. And to get into this data, we're going to be not only talking about some of our key findings from the report, but also some specific top tasks that we asked our participants in the UK, the US and Germany when it comes to retail. What do they want? What do they want to see more of from voice? And to get into this, we've got two fantastic guests, fellows and ambassadors of the Open Voice Network, First of all, I want to introduce Massimo Volpe. He is the Global Retail Alliance founder. And Massimo, where are you speaking to us today from? Um, From London, actually. Massimo, thanks so much for joining us. Looking forward to hearing your opinion on this. And we also have another ambassador from the OVN. It's Manolo Almagro. And Manolo joins us from the Q division, which is probably the coolest sounding practitioner's name I've ever heard. Uh, Very excited to have you join us. Uh, Thanks for being here. Manny, where are you joining us from? You're You're in Texas, I believe. I'm in Austin, Texas. So it's not really Texas, it's Austin. <laughs> Everything else is different. It's that special part of Texas that pretends not to be Texas. Okay, good. That's right. <laughs> okay, thanks so much for both of you being here. Well, so as I say, in this episode, we're going to be digging into retail. Retail covering obviously many different facets, both uh, e-commerce, which has obviously had a massive transformation in the past 18 months, as I mentioned in the intro, but obviously also bricks and mortar as the the world reopens back to a new normal, but with a much more health-focused, conscious uh, environment, we really need to get under the skin of what voice can do for retail. And that's why we've got Manolo and Massimo here to have this conversation. So first of all, uh, Massimo, I'm going to come to you. In your role as uh, you know, founder of the Global Retail Alliance and also working uh, as a co-founder at Retail Hub, just tell us a little bit about where you see voice sitting right now in terms of importance for the retail sector. Where should we be looking for retail to really be impacted when it comes to voice? Well, James, I'm, I've been... I've been in this industry for a long time. I've been about 10 to 15 years and in different geographies. I've in, uh, been in, in Europe, in, in Asia, then in the US, and now back in Europe. And, and my, my role has been um, mainly from an, an interesting perspective because I've been working for more, all of the major um, retail associations, for example, the National Retail Federation in the US and a bunch of other organizations around the world. And we always... So like the, for us, it's been interesting to collect the evolution of retail from an aggregate perspective. And we have seen how in the last 15 years we, we migrate from a very physical business to an omnichannel business. Now we are facing an interesting 
area when the e-commerce is, is becoming even more popular and more strategic for any retail chain. And obviously, when we talk about creating an omnichannel relationship with, with the customers, with the clients, I mean, the voice is part of that. It mean, has a, a strategic role in this activity because it can enable a better relationship as more as a warmer relationship than just typing in on the keyboard or on your phone and, and trying to create the, the type of connection that when you meet people in person and you speak with someone, I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very different from when you read stuff. So maybe I would take from that that you know, one of the things we've seen, particularly with e-commerce, is that there is that slight disconnection from the person in front of you helping you make a sale, close a piece of business, and voice you see potentially being a possible bridge for that kind of gap. Is that is that where you see this going? Yeah, absolutely. If you've seen even recently, uh, recently we've we seen now the, the emerging opportunity for all of the stream commerce Everything that's going on um, live, online, that goes together with all of the social networks. I mean, all the stuff that we've seen. And why we have that? Why we have that coming very, very powerful? Because that enables opportunities to create a direct relationship, but it's not just at one sense, but is as a, as a five sense level. And then, and so that's why voice is so, is so important. So it's it's adding another sense, right? It's adding another way of connection, and I think that's something that we've not not necessarily seen before. Yeah, it gives the opportunity to something that's very virtual, very digital, to get one step closer to an experience that in the past was covered only by physical relationship, physical commerce. Absolutely, it, it kind of bringing those two different paradigms closer together through a much more human connection. I think that's I think that's fair to say. Manny, when it comes to the, the US perspective on this, obviously, we often look to the US in terms of trends of where these things are evolving from, you know, kind of new paradigms coming out of Silicon Valley, coming out of Austin, Texas. When it comes to your role, particularly working within the, the National Retail Federation and, and obviously advising clients through Key Division, you know, where are you placing voice in the mix when it comes to retail? Well, I'll build on what Massimo was saying. I mean, I think it's been around for quite a while. I think, in fact, I was hoping that the past 18 months would have accelerated some things, and maybe it has. I think some of the research that you had shown earlier may show some impact. But I, I think the challenge with voice is always going to be, is it faster than and more efficient than how I'm shopping today? You know, when you, when you say retail, I look at retail as a very broad, anytime someone is buying something. Voice has a huge part of building that relationship, building that authenticity, making people feel like you're they can trust that voice. And then I would go back to the technology itself has to be better. I think it's getting better, but I think the challenge is always, if you don't say something the right syntax or something, then it just blows up the experience altogether. So that has to be fixed too. So I think voice as a whole in retail really wants to have a place. And I think based on everything I've seen, everybody wants to use it. It's just the technology has to catch up. And I think we're going to see Certain areas speed up after that last 18 months and everything else has been accelerated. You'll see things like in-app and mobile app uh, uses of voice take off before a lot of other places inside of the retail space. So it's not just about the how, but it's also about the the what people are going to do with it, right? So it's, you know, we're seeing kind of the, 
desire for people to want to have this conversation with things. Certainly our research here, which we're going to dig into in a minute, certainly suggests that. But at the same time, it's got to be done in a way that's, that's driving that empathy. Massimo, to your point, right? You want to use this as a means of connecting people in that more human way, which we've lost quite a lot of when it comes to the e-commerce side of things. You know, it's become just another brand logo, another website, you know, another, you know, kind of picking clothes or picking food or whatever it might be is yeah kind of the the whole way of doing that has kind of essentially leveled out to a single experience right you know there's not a massive difference between going to the nike website and scrolling through and picking a pair of shoes versus scrolling through a cardo or walmart's website and trying to buy some tomatoes right so how do you bring personality back to that experience i think you know voice has an opportunity another from what you're saying is you have to do that in a sensitive way right you know customers and consumers aren't going to latch onto it just for the novelty factor Right. It has to be humanized. I think there's an area of humanization that has to happen. And, and everyone knows it's it's a it's an AI voice that's talking back to them. But if you make it sound more human, I think that that also helps with an adoption and how they feel about it. Absolutely. So let's take a little look into some of the data that we came out of from the research here. So in uh, the, the data that we picked up on, one of the big things we asked within each of our sector focuses within the Voice Consumer Index was to ask people what they are most likely to do in terms of kind of priority activities. Um, what things are they wanting to do? And in retail, we asked them a, a number of different uh, suggestions. And I'll, I'll kind of just run through the top three here. And maybe just get your reactions on on these. Does this surprise you? So one of the the top things that people were looking for, and this is probably no surprise given the uh, the e commerce shift, and uh, uh, yeah, if it's uh, judged by the amount of Amazon boxes that are arriving at my house on every day, <laughs> I think it's probably uh, yeah focus group of one, but certainly a, a confirming thing here is track the location of my package check the shipping status of my order. And then the third, which I think is more interesting, we'll get into in a minute, is research a product for price availability or functionality. That's what people in the US, the UK and Germany picked in the top three boxes across all three of those questions. So anything leap out to you, uh, either Massimo or or Manny want to take this first in terms of this desire to track packages? No big surprise? Uh, Yeah, I have to tell you, I'm not really much surprised. Let's say from the standpoint of studying how the evolution of, of the delivery, that is a big part of that. Now in our day, day-to-day life, think about only a few years ago, everybody been surprised by the Amazon Prime and the fact that they were able to ship you everything in, they started with two days, then one day, then two hours. And if you see nowadays, you have a bunch of new kids that are able to deliver stuff in 10 minutes. So it's all about how to reducing time of delivering and if, if you want to get quicker if you want to make it everything having everything right here right now why you should not invest in creating a quicker connection in order to track all of this part of the process so i see why you want to use voice instead of typing in it makes also that part much quicker so again align very much with with the rest of the process now, the thing I was going to ask you guys about this, because I, I would love to get your opinion on the the Amazon effect here, right? So as you mentioned, Massimo, you know, Prime has changed the, the expectation level for people living in major cities across the world on what it means to get something delivered to their home quickly. You know, I, I've recently moved out of central London, so I'm no longer within a 45 minute delivery window of Prime now. And um, but I'm, you know, I'm living out in kind of the rural part of Surrey here in the south of the UK, and I can still get 24 hour delivery on most items, right? So my expectation level has massively risen. And so whenever I come into contact with a brand that can't achieve that, 
you're you're always comparing right to that prime experience now i can also check the status of my package and location obviously natively through alexa for for my amazon packages so manny what do you think that this means for um for direct consumer retailers and those that aren't necessarily in this space yeah we've got here all three of these major consumer groups asking for location tracking as part of a voice experience where would you now put that in terms of priority order for some of the customers and clients that you're working with I think I'm also not surprised by the priorities and the, the research uh, findings. I do think that the easier you make it to do the tasks when you're using voice is also going to be what also accelerates its adoption and why people will continue to use it or want more of it. You mentioned the expectation setting. I mean, I live in Austin, so they do a lot of tests for Amazon here. So, you know, they had the one hour delivery, which wrecked me perfectly for any other retailer. I mean, if you can get something within an hour, everything pales in it. Yeah, you're ruined at that point. Yes, exactly. But I do think that the way consumers behave will be something that comes from things they didn't expect they could do. I think that's part of this, um, what we're going to see evolving with the with the voice as part of the way to tell you what the status of your package is. I think people are always wondering where the package is, when it's going to get here. Just making it easy to ask that question, of course, is going to be why they would use it over anything else. To, to Massimo's point, you, you, you have to type in a, a number or type in or log into something before you get the status. That's kind of a pain in the butt. So customers in general or consumers in general will gravitate toward the easiest way to do things, which is why the promise of voice is really important. And the moment we start making other areas besides, you know, tracking a package and understanding the comparisons and things like that, I think you're going to see another one pop up in here as a priority, which is how to buy over voice, which we, we, we all know isn't necessarily getting a lot of traction because it's hard to do right now. Yeah, it's definitely harder to do. And, and you know, we see that in, in the, when we ask people about this, the purchase a product for pickup or delivery, you know, um, that was in the sub 50% um, in a couple of the markets, just over 50% in the UK. I think that that's mostly reflected by people just don't expect that that's something that they could do. So I think there is an expectation gap to be had there. I want to press you slightly, though, on this point around kind of the what does this mean for D2C retailers in comparison to someone like Amazon? If you've set that bar that high, yeah, if you're a brand owner right now of a D2C store of any kind in, in retail, whether that's food retail, you know, kind of consumer goods of some description, fashion, et cetera, what does this mean for you? Is that, Should this be on the roadmap in, in going into 2022? Oh, absolutely. And I think it has been. And again, going into 2022, everything else has kind of been readjusted for how important it is. Um, I think when you when you look at these expectations that have arisen and evolved over the past year it's changed everything and is not going to like you, you can't set out a really great opportunity or a really great experience and then pull it back which you know i think if you ask some of the grocery people that are doing curbside and things like that they have to do it but it's not a big money maker for them so i think it's also going to have to be part of this business analysis of what kind of features we're going to let evolve or enable with voice and how it impacts the business but you can't not do it because especially if you're DTC, I mean, in general, e-commerce has become super competitive. Like there's so many people, so many retailers out there that have now competed. If you look at what happened during um, Prime Day, right? During Prime Day, it was great for everybody. In fact, a lot of retailers, Walmart, Target all jumped in on it and they had their own sales. So they piggybacked on Amazon's event. But what happened also was it set up a very competitive situation where everybody's now shopping across the different sites to see who's got the best pricing. So to go back to what you're saying, 
DTCs need to meet this demand. I mean, it's just a no-brainer. It's table stakes. If you can't do it, you're going to run into challenges because now that e-commerce is a primary way of people shopping, you have to be deliver what everybody else is delivering. Or like you said earlier, James, you just don't go back. You gravitate to the brands and retailers that give you the experience um, that you want. And particularly, as you mentioned, for you, know, you compared that to people like Walmart, for example, particularly for the big box retailers, those that have, you know, kind of are often in commodity goods, table stakes, you know, kind of low price point, very easy. You know, now when you've got people like Amazon enabling the purchase of that product very simply as well via voice, let alone tracking where the location of the package is, it's becoming table stakes, as you say. Following the success of our first voice commerce report, we're back. I'm proud to announce the launch of the Voice Consumer Index 2021. Brought to you by the team at Vixen Labs in partnership with Open Voice Network. The Voice Consumer Index 2021 is an in-depth look at people's behaviours around voice assistance on smart speakers, mobile and web across the US, UK and Germany. The Voice Consumer Index explores seven key sectors, banking and insurance, retail, food delivery, entertainment, consumer packaged goods, healthcare, and travel. And we have a host of free materials to help you get the best start. Head to vixenlabs.co to access all of the Voice Consumer Index findings. If you're after a one-to-one consultation tailored to your industry, then email us at podcast at vixenlabs.co. Include the code vixenpod21 in your email for a 10% discount on the consultation fee. The thing that I want to look into a bit more, and um, I suppose the implication here is the third box that we have ticks across the board, and it's not many percentage points across these different markets, is actually research a product for price availability and functionality. And one of the things we know from the broader research is that the thing that people are most likely to do after activating music or you know, checking the weather with, say, a smart speaker is that they ask open questions. And we see here that this is something that people within the retail sector really want to be able to research a product. Now, Massimo, with the the people within the Federation, those that you're kind of engaged with on a day-to-day basis, how well prepared do you think most brands are at the moment to answer this request for product information when it comes to voice? Is this on people's roadmap yet? I have the perception that they're not very well prepared, first of all, because we already had a kind of similar way where we went on, in the past few years, we had the, the price comparing website that were coming up, that were popping up like uh, in, in the market, especially in the e-commerce world. And, and nobody was prepared. And now they are trying to, to, to managing that and leveraging on that opportunities. But they became a first a, a threat. And then it became so strategic, so central uh, that they, they had to embrace it. And now they're working around that. But did, I remember some time ago that they were just accusing all of these websites say, are you ruining my business? So I think that the same, the same way things have happened about, about the voice, I don't think that they are prepared. I see them still very passive about this. And eventually, uh, thanks to studies like this one, they will understand the importance of becoming, of being ready and becoming actually proactive in this space. That's helpful to understand. I think from my own perspective, having, yeah, kind of, gone through a couple of digital evolutions in my career you know first with mobile and social you know before it you know thinking about how it took such a while for people to kind of get on board with these things i kind of feel like we're in that similar state at the moment with voice yeah we've got 
the data here now, thankfully, to, to kind of make this point very clear to people. But you know, it still needs to be getting further along on, on those kind of retailer roadmaps, particularly when it comes to product research, which is like the most basic of tasks that most you know, people are going to do. You know, they're going to ask those questions. If the brand isn't there, you're not going to get any share of answer on that. Manny, what's your take on this? You know, is this on, is this on the radar enough of, of your clients and customers? It's on the radar. I think the challenge is finding the right fit and use case. Um, I think the the side of voice that works really well is helping people find things like the research of product, which is why it's number one on your priority list here. I do see that it's a tricky situation when it comes to the bad customer experience, because the moment people see or experience a bad voice experience while they're using it, whether it's part of an e-commerce play or if they're on the mobile app in their car to find something, you don't get that many chances, especially now the way customers or consumers are trained and they behave is they have high expectations, low patience, low attention spans. I mean, we, we've, I think, again, I, I go back to your term about the Amazon effect. They've spoiled everybody for other types of retail experiences. If you can't meet that bar, they're going to just pull out and go somewhere else because they can, especially now. I think a lot of the clients are very interested in looking at it. We look at things like in-app mobile ordering through voice. We're looking at things about checking again if there's something in stock. Very simple questions that you would normally even use a chat for. So if you made it voice um, enabled, it may be faster and, and natural because people like to talk and they, they, they are good at talking and things. But I do see that the, the challenge is always going to be the response time, the speed of the reaction and and. The fact that you can't make the customer learn a new way to speak. They have to be able to speak the way they speak. And that's always a challenge when it comes to voice. Absolutely. How much do you think there might be an influencing effect here? And, and you know, we just seen it, for example, at I.O. a few weeks ago, you know, Google releasing their interestingly named Lambda functions um, and you know, things like Alexa conversations over the past 12 months coming from, from Amazon. This desire to be able to get straight into the conversation, to jump through the whole chatbot style experience of this then that then this then that that feels like the direction of travel and it feels like retail above all when you're you're navigating such a massive set of parameters to get through a catalog of information or find a product or get help how much do you think these types of technologies might help us in the next you know 12 to 18 months yeah i think i think it's essential it's going to be essential and again the the retailers have already started to plan from last year they just move certain things up faster. I think they found new ways and they're like, you know what? We need to react better. This is a better way for us to operate from a business perspective. There's a lot of things out of automation that you can do with voice that that help the business as well. I do think it's going to be essential, a component of shop. It's just like everything else. The moment we set up an uh, expectation that you can get something in two hours, that's just going to become the bar. So the moment we get to a point where you can just engage voice, the way you would speak, like you and I are speaking. There's no context. I'm not saying your name every five minutes to get you to talk back to me kind of a thing. The moment we make it as human as possible, I think that's that's where retail is going to engage that. But I also do think that there's this psychology of people walking around talking inside of a store. So it's great if you're outside the store, you're doing research, but if you're inside of a retail space, it's a little bit different. You might look a little crazy talking to yourself. I mean, you've seen it. People will talk in their AirPods and you're like, are you talking to me? That kind of experience inside of a store is probably something we still have to work through. So that use case of using voice inside of a store, I think, is is further down. 
unless it's perhaps directed specifically to a, an obvious device, right? Which we've seen in some cases, kiosks or you know things that previously were touch interfaces, maybe becoming voice enabled. But I think you're definitely right. The sociology kind of point of people not wanting to speak out loud, that kind of you know kind of embarrassment effect is definitely there. We see that actually in the broader research that came out of the VCI this year. You know, one of the big barriers that people are kind of pointing to is I don't like feeling self-conscious of using voice out loud in a public space. But using it out loud in what we would call a public-private space, people are much more willing to do. So, for example, in your home, speaking out loud to your phone with other people around, that's fine. But doing that same activity in the street or in a store, less so. So there's definitely some user behavior things that we need to kind of overcome here as well. So I can see that taking effect. Now, what I want to do is just point us as we kind of begin to wrap up here into a little bit of future gazing. One of the other things we asked in the top task was what are people most likely to use voice for in the future? Now, we've already mentioned Shipping status um, and product research, those are really up there in the top boxes in terms of both what people do today and what they want to do more of in the future. But we also see coming up in the similar percentage numbers um, here, 48% in the US, 50% in the UK and Germany, people are finding answers for common questions. So the kind of how do I do this? What do I do this? The kind of customer service type question set. And I just wonder, Massimo, maybe what's your perspective on this, on kind of where voice might play a role in customer service, particularly as retail is getting far more complex, far more personalization, lots of promises being made about, you know, shipping and returns and, you know, those types of policies. You know, things are getting much more complicated if you are an omnichannel retailer. Where do you see voice potentially helping in that more customer service end of the spectrum as we kind of look forward here? Well, I see it very crucial. I mean, it's it's uh, for me there are no there is no doubt that they're going to become like central in in the customer services. And you see the role that is playing, for example, the chatbot and and how that is still built and with a, with big filters. So we, they try to accommodate that this activity with something that makes us very smooth, very um, similar to dealing with a with a real person. But still, you see that there is a barrier and that on on the experience on that that barrier can go much lower when you use a voice. So it can really create, a di- again, a different different relationship. And, and, and as Manolo was said before, I mean, voice, you get the opportunity even to set up the tone. And tone can make a difference. Think about an angry customer. They need just to reassure that they need to feel better and to feel understood. I mean, with the voice, you can play the role in a much better way. And the result of that, your, your brand can get a good result on that, good feedback on that. Because sometimes you just need the person that can be comprehensive about your needs. And maybe they don't fix it, but then just the fact that they understood you, it just give you a different feeling of the experience that you got. I mean, I, I completely with you. I mean, I had someone call me today from a, a, a car company that was trying to kind of follow up with me to book a test drive for something. And the first thing you said was, hey, just to let you know, this call is recorded for training and monitoring purposes, right? Which we've heard hundreds of times before where you speak to people on the phone. What training and what monitoring are you doing with this? <laughs> would be my main question. It's like, maybe they should be training, taking all that training data and turning it into the script for their, their customer service voice experience, perhaps. Manny, what about yourself? In the US, you know, kind of customer service is something that I've always felt American uh, kind of public uh, pride themselves on. In Britain, we're not particularly well known for it. And certainly, if you go ask some of our other European colleagues, more of a challenge. I always love coming to the States and being looked after by a server and someone who's got service in the name. Yeah, do you think, do you think that US brands are, are thinking about this um, already as part of their retail mix? You know, kind of voice as part of the, the, the CS? Yeah, I think voice is also... To circle back to what we started talking about is the voice of the brand actually will become a personality in itself. There's a couple of things for voice I see is the combination of using 
synthetic media and voice together. Will it be, you'd enable the use of some sort of spokesperson that could be an avatar, could be Samuel L. Jackson, but a deep fake version. So it responds to you as it is, would be him and his voice. But I, I see this convergence of all of these things that we're seeing already happen, deep fakes, voice analysis, natural language processing, all of that culminating into really rich retail experiences that are super immersive, right? Part of what we've grown to expect in this new digital accelerated age is everything should be faster and more efficient for me as a shopper, because that's what I expect out of digital. Digital has always also been very transactional. And so it goes back to the e-commerce side. Think of it this way. When's the last time you went to a mall? Probably a year or so. <laughs> but there's certain aspects of the social app part of going to a place and experience something. And I think voice is going to bring that back. I think it's going to be combined with visuals that are initiated when you say voice commands. I feel like there's just going to be a new renaissance of future experiences built around using voice in AI and, and other types of media as a full sensory type of shopping world. That's what I see. And voice is going to be the natural way we do it because we're social and we're humans and we, we talk. We talk to each other. Absolutely. And it's also the thing that we see bridging, right, between these different experiences. You know, I, I'm a big believer in this kind of future consumer journey of being, you know, driving along the highway on my way, perhaps to a retail destination, seeing prompts about what I can do there, being able to engage with that in my car, being able to pick that up on my phone. And then when I'm actually in the store, being able to kind of reach that continuous experience, you know, that that ecosystem, I think we have all the component parts there to make something like that happen. We just now need the implementation to kind of to catch up. So um, I'm excited to see where, where that might go. What's just one prediction from each of you about where you see kind of voice going in the next kind of 24 months, particularly in the context of coming out of the lockdown, out of our kind of pandemic experience? When it comes to retail, what's kind of one trend that you're looking at and saying, I think it's going to go that way when it comes to voice and conversational tech? Well, I'm James. Let, let me let me start first with um, I don't know if it's a prediction or, or it's more like a, a curiosity that I'm really keen to see what's the future on that is uh, voice uh, in the car systems. So the fact that you can have a conversation with your voice uh, while you're driving, I think that it, it will give us. I don't know if in the next 24 months it will take longer. Give a brain a totally new perspective about doing stuff while you're doing something else. And you can imagine when we're stuck in the traffic, the idea that I can shop, I can do shopping while I'm there and that, that the voice can help me to figure out which is the, where is the closest store on everything. I mean, it gives you really like superpower to do many things at one time. And that for me is very fascinating and I'm very curious to see how quick this will be integrated by any car company. Yeah, and I think we're, we're seeing that already, you know, here. I think if you look into the data, so I encourage people to go check it out. The slides are in the executive summary document, which is at fixandlabs.co slash BCI, links of which will be in the, in the show notes. You can see very clearly there is this increasing trend for people to be using voice in the car. It's leading at the moment in the US. I think it's coming to Europe as the price of built-in head units with, with voice comes in. And I think that 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 driving to a retail experience or commuting to a retail experience, you know, that can really become part of the overall mix. Uh, I think we're going to see more and more of that. So, okay, great. To, that's, a, that's a good one for us to watch retailers. If you're listening, be thinking about your in-car experience. Manny, what about you? What, where do you see kind of voice and retail intersecting in the next 12 to 18 months? I think to your point earlier, customer service is probably where we'll see a lot of quick hits and sizable experiences. 
I think part of the new way of using AI is to listen to some, as Mesmo was saying, you can listen to the tension in someone's voice and then adjust the voice response back to the person so that de-escalates whatever's happening if it's a bad situation. I do see a lot of that uh, in the works. I also see a lot of usage in automation of things where you're just taking orders. I mean, I mentioned drive through before because A, it exploded during COVID and it continues to be almost 70, 80% of where these quick service restaurants are getting their business from. So it's just going to continue. But if you can think about, if you can automate that experience and, you know, we're also having a challenge restaffing everything here in the U.S. The wages are getting increased and it's just hard to get more people back to work because they don't want to. So automation in areas, and especially when it comes to retail, will be key and they are critical and that's where a lot of places are working. I think that it's always going to be the challenge, though, is the the sentiment and, and the acceptance of you're using my voice for certain things and what are you going to do with it? And so the privacy factor will, will loom large and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's, a, it's an important one to point out. And I think as it becomes more apparent, you mentioned the case studies earlier on, you know, privacy still remains the, the top thing for non-voice users as, as a barrier. But we do see that people are overcoming that, right? You know, we're at 60 plus percent in each of the markets we surveyed are people that are using voice. Um, but when in the 40 odd percent of each market that say they're not, one of the first things they mention is privacy. Now, we know that people report higher on their worries about privacy than their actions ever really confirm. But it's, it's an important one that we do have to continue to overcome. Well, thank you so much to each of you for, for taking the time. I just want to ask, uh, where can folks that want to get in touch with you find out more and, and reconnect? Massimo, uh, just tell us where people can find you on the web if they want to connect with you. They can take a look on our website, globalretailalliance.org. Uh, and then from there, and all they can find me in LinkedIn very, very easily anytime. Manalo, what about you? Where can, where can people find out more about you and Q Division? Sure. LinkedIn is always a great place. I'm, I'm all over that place. And uh, I think also our website, qdivision.us. You can find us there. And there's also an information link on there if you need to know more. Massimo Volpe, Manolo Almagro, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on this week's episode of Talking Shop, the podcast from Vixen Labs focused on helping marketeers make more of voice and particularly in this series, dissecting the work we're doing with the Voice Consumer Index. And thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Talking Shop from Vixen Labs. If you'd like to download any of the Voice Consumer Index 2021 resources mentioned in this episode, then head over to vixenlabs.co slash VCI, where you can get the white paper, executive summary, and more delivered straight to your inbox. Until next time, keep talking. <laughs>